Hello. How you guys going? Jared Hill says, my shoes look like I'm standing on two bars of soap. And uh, you can take a seat. And actually, when I got these this week, just for those people who, who don't know, these shoes are called Yeezys. And, um, and I'm not going to comment on Yeezy as in Kanye West the man, but his fashion sense is nice. If he makes a shirt that says, trust God, that's nice. I don't care what he does over here when he makes fashion. It's, it's nice. Uh, and I'm here to encourage you because I know that my wife hates these shoes. Uh, I know that Jared hates these shoes. I know that Sam Lucas hates these shoes. Um, I have a running... Uh, pastor Sue, this is how you know you have a hip senior pastor. I walked into the pre-service meeting and she goes, your shoe game is on point. Where, where else do you hear that language? Not from my nan, not from my parents. Sorry, mum and dad, if you're watching, but uh, get in touch with Pastor Sue. She will teach you the ways. Uh, actually, when I got these... Uh, I, I knew that the shipment was coming. Who's ever had the Oz Post tell you your shipment is coming today? And that was like on my brain all day. And I, and I know because I've had shipments before. They, the, one of the shipment I got came at 2.27. Another one came at 2.32. So I was ready. I knew it's around about 2.30. And, um, and I was here at work. And I was working in the media room behind there. And I knew by about 2 o'clock I should head back to the office and I should be ready, but I was keeping an eye out anyway, and the postie, he just, he just took me off guard. I was thinking about this all day, like I was thinking, this is, I planned my day so that I could be there and then come back when the postie comes, but he took me by surprise. I didn't have enough time, but maybe I'll post it later. I wanna get the security camera footage because the kind of run that I did, you know the run when you're just like a little bit, you, you weren't ready for it? So every step that you take, you should zoom out by the way, every step that you take lands on, the, on, like, on your toes. So when you run, it's like this. It's like one of those one of those runs. Like that's the run that I took when I saw the postie come in. Because if they don't, if they don't see that you're there, they'll leave a note. Like they will. And uh, I'm actually really glad that you mentioned my shoes, James, because that really leads me into what I'm preaching about tonight. And you know, uh, the title of my message tonight is Brain Space. When something's on your brain, it can sit there all day like this postage that I had coming. Who's ever had that feeling? You got a post coming? Yep. Man, it sits on your brain all day and it affects everything you do the whole day. Sometimes I wish I had more gigabytes of brain space. I don't know if it's measured in gigabytes, synapses, whatever it is, but sometimes I really, who wishes they just had more brain space? Yeah. Because, and this is how I know I need more brain space, because I have one thing like that postal situation on my brain, and it's all I can think about all day. And you can't say that you've never felt this before, because if you've ever had a pimple, or if you've ever had something on your face, you know, it's like every person that you talk to, you're like kind of angling this way, because you're trying to keep the pimple over this side, you know, like it's on your brain all day. If you, if you have any work meetings or anything like that, you're like, I need to get a seat on that side of the table so that I can like angle my face this way. You know what I'm saying? If, or maybe, um, maybe your boss has told you, hey, let's have a chat tomorrow. And it's like, you know, it's like all you can think about. Or your parents, like you, you leave for school, you say something funky, and then they're like, we're going to talk when you get home. And it's like the whole day, it's just, it's on your brain. Or, or maybe a teacher comes and says, oh, the principal wants to see you. It's like, oh, man, I, I, I could have the trees fall over. I could have a building explode. But on the way to the principal's office, that is all that I can think about. And it's, it is actually really interesting how when what's on our brain 
it just takes up the whole space because uh, it can truly affect the outcome of our day and even more than that, it can out affect the trajectory of our life. If you're completely aware of how single you are, then all you're going to be doing is everything you're scoping out on the base of your singleness. I'm looking for uh, a girl that I could possibly strike up a conversation with. Um, or, you know, you're thinking, when you're thinking clothes shopping, you're not thinking, what do I like? Because obviously Hannah hates this, so I don't care anymore. I'm just wearing what I like. Uh, you, you know, you're not thinking that you're thinking what's going to impress the girls you're, you, you, or, the, or the boys, whatever. Um, but that's just like dominating your thinking. But God actually wants to use you. You're actually a gift to humanity, not just to one person. You're a gift to humanity. You know, there's breakthrough that God has for your life on the other side of a step of faith. But when all we're thinking about is our anxiousness, We'll never get past anything that's risky at all. But God has a breakthrough for you. God has something good for your life. When all that we think about is our weaknesses, we'll never step out into the strengths that God gave to us. God-given strengths that God wants to gift the world with. If God's given you a gift, it's likely a little bit for you, but it's for other people also. And when all you think, when all the brain space is taken up about uh, how clumsy I am at this or uh, how I stutter here or, or I'm not good at this, then that's all you think about and you never give yourself to the world and the world needs you. That's why God put those gifts on your life. And so when our brain space is taken up by all these things, the trajectory of our life departs from what it should be. When God has destined it to go onwards and upwards, we're holding on to things that make us plateau. And I look at Matthew chapter 11. Jesus sets the example so, so perfectly. Jesus is getting frustrated at this one point in Scripture. Matthew chapter 11, he's getting really frustrated at people who are rejecting him. He's doing miracles. He's like, yo, I'm the son of God. And they're like, no, we don't believe you. And then um, Jesus is getting so frustrated that he literally says in one of the verses, you guys would be worse off than Sodom and Gomorrah. And Sodom and Gomorrah, if you don't know, were two uh, cities that basically just went up in flames and were completely destroyed. And he's like, he's so frustrated that he's like, He's denouncing whole cities and he's like, you guys are going to be worse off than Sodom and Gomorrah. But then there's this moment and I, and I love this moment. It's like Jesus realizes, man, this frustration is taking up my whole brain space. He has this moment where he pauses and then he prays to God. You can see very clearly the prayer that he has to God. And then what I love is after he finishes praying, he's like fully reset because that's the very next verse is where he says, um, Come, all of you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me. So Jesus goes from, I'm so frustrated at you guys, to now being like, you know what? I rem I I'm back at peace. My brain space is back where God wants it to be, and I'm ready to help people again. You know, God wants to use you to help others. God wants to use you to impact other people. But when our brain is, is just so uh, entangled in a certain space, it's so caught up by a certain thought, by our weakness, our, our anxiousness, our, our singleness, whatever it is, we never end up getting to be to the world what God had destined us to be to the world. And Jesus doesn't just have that little moment and then we never hear about it again. Jesus actually teaches us how we can reset our brain space. 
And so I love that we get to look into the scriptures and see what Jesus teaches about. How can we reset our brain space? Now, Jesus doesn't actually say, hey, yo, yo, disciples, this is how you reset your brain space. Like, I'm just, I just realized that this moment, this is what he's doing. And he teaches people how to pray. Because in that moment where Jesus was frustrated, he turned to prayer. And so when he's teaching us how to prayer, we can see in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, uh, that it's sometimes titled the Lord's Prayer. Pastor Chris likes to call it our prayer because he's actually teaching us how to pray. But let's take a look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. And it says, pray like this, our Father who is in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Excuse me for a second. I'd just rather not turn my back to you guys. Our Father who is in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food that we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield into temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. And on the surface, this doesn't really seem like a brain resetting prayer. It kind of just, uh, I don't know, like hand up if you've heard this prayer before. The Lord's Prayer, yep. So many of us, we've kind of, I, I feel like I've heard it so much that I, I'm kind of, um, you, know, you know, just like a bit, immune, not immune to it, but it just has, loses a bit of its meaning. And so I loved looking at this afresh again. And the lens that I was using is what Pastor Chris uses whenever he talks about prayer. And he always says that prayer is actually more about what God wants to do in us than us changing anything about God. You know, we pray for God to do this or to do that, but quite often God comes in and he changes our attitude. He changes our life. God is actually more interested in doing something in us. So I was looking at this prayer and I was going, well, what is God wanting to do in us as we pray this prayer? As we come to a moment where we can clear out what's in our brain space and get into a healthy brain space. And so uh, I guess I want to ask the question, are you ready to pray a prayer that will change the landscape of your day? I hope you're ready because that's what this prayer is. And as, through, as I read through the elements of this prayer, I actually realize that this prayer is kind of like a list of things that I easily forget, list of things that kind of leave my brain space. And if we can get it in, back into our brain space, then, uh, then it's going to take out the trajectory of our life. It's going to take a radical shift. And I'm so thankful for Jesus for paving the way when he prayed this prayer. So I want to dive in and we're going to look at this. And the first thought that I had when I read this was that it says that God is holy. That's what we're praying. We're praying that God is holy. In verse nine, it says, pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. And you know, whenever I have a car problem, I ask my dad to fix it. He's my, he's, he's my mechanic. But like, I, I don't worry if I have something go wrong with my car because I know my dad's got it covered. And you know, we all have that kind of person in our life. We have a shoe guy. We have a tech guy, the person you call when your Wi-Fi stops working. I'm Ashley Nidex tech guy. She texted me a photo of her route and was like, hey, what do I do about this? And um, that's the voice that came through in the text. And, and we all have that person, you know, it's like, oh, I actually don't need to worry because I've got a guy for that. I've, I've got a person for that. Um, and Matthew 6, verse 10, when, sorry, verse 9, when we're 
saying, hey, God's name is holy. It's like reminding us that, hey, I've got a God that's holy. I've got this guy in my life. I've got this character. I've got this person in my life who is holy, who is above all. It's reminding us that no matter what situation we face, I've got a God who is holy. I've got a God who is set apart. That's what the word holy means. A God who is not bound by space and time. A God who is not bound by the circumstances that I face. And so when I face an impossible situation, it actually doesn't matter because I've got a God that's holy. And when we pray this prayer every day, it cements in our brain that we don't have to worry about the circumstances that come our way because we have a holy God. You got a bill that you can't afford? It's okay, God's holy, He can handle it. You got a sickness holding you down? It's okay, God's holy, He can heal you. And when we let our brain be saturated with the knowledge that God is holy, we get peace, we get confidence and boldness. I'm gonna just keep cruising through. The second part of the verse that I see um, is in verse 10. It says, may your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this says to me, God has a mission. God has a mission. He wants to do something on the earth. And you know, whenever you go to uh, go shopping on a lunch break, you go do something. I, I went to Grandy on a lunch break and, you know, I'm like, this is a small window of time that I have. So I put my AirPods in. doesn't matter if I'm listening or not. The idea is no one's going to stop me because I'm just going to do that walk that I did before. I'm going to walk in and I'm going to get my stuff and I'm going to get out. Like, you know that I'm on a mission? And it's like, it's like I couldn't care if EB has a sale because they've got a sale all the time and it's really obvious and I don't need to worry about it. I'm in and out and I'm on a mission. And you know, when you're on a mission, you don't get distracted by all the stuff around you. And I think if we don't have a mission in life, we can get distracted by so much. And so God is reminding us when we pray this prayer, hey, when we're saying, may your kingdom come, it's actually reminding us, hey, God wants to use me today. God wants to do something through me today because it says your kingdom come on earth. And, and, and God wants to use us because we're here on the earth. We're here to bring his kingdom reign on the earth. And so this is an important part of the prayer to remind ourselves that we're on a mission. And so when you have conversations with people, you're not just going to be sitting there and going, yeah, blah, 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 small talk, how's the weather? If you realize that the gifts that God's placed on your life, He wants to give to other people, then you'll be going, you know what? If God has given me an attitude of joy, I'm thinking to myself, as I talk to this person, how can I bring joy into their life today? Someone, ha a customer's having a bad day, you can bring joy into their life. You've got a coworker who's flustered, you can bring peace into their life. It's not just like, oh, well, you know what, that, that work that the boss gave you, I guess that really sucks to be you. You know, you can actually realize that, hey, I'm on a mission today and God has put gifts on my life God has put me in circumstances, in conversations, so that I can help other people. It's amazing what happens when we change our brain space. The next verse, 11, says, give us today the food we need. And when I look at that, I think, you know what? Jesus has answers for my needs. When, uh, for, for the last five or six years, I've had pretty, um, pretty terrible migraines. And I actually just thought that I was getting sick. And before I got sick, I was getting a headache because the migraines were making me vomit. Um, and I'd basically have to go home from work and I'll be out for half the day. And I, I just dealt with it. Um, I've never been much of a Panadol person. I just dealt with it. And then one day I was like telling Pastor Sue, I really have to go home because um, I've got a feel of migraine coming on. And she's like, you know what? There's actually stuff for that. There's actually, take this. She had like some Aspro Clear and I took it and the migraine was like 
so much better. Better? A better migraine? My experience of the migraine was way more comfortable. (laughs) And it was like, you know what? I never thought that there was an answer to that. I thought that I just had to deal with the migraine, throw up a couple of times, uh, hang over the porcelain, but there was actually an answer because, you know, Panadol just doesn't cut it when it comes to a migraine. And, you know, when we pray this prayer, give us today the food that we need, this is reminding us that Jesus has answers to our needs. We don't have to go through life just building up a big pile of needs and problems because that's how you crash and burn. But actually, when we pray this prayer every day, we remind ourselves that Jesus has answers for my needs and so I can go to Him with whatever I'm facing. So I want you to remind yourself as you pray this prayer, hey, Jesus is the source of my needs. Then when you need something, you'll realize God's right there. So, you know, you got an exam, you can just realize straight away, oh, Jesus has got my clarity of mind. You know, you've got a big work day. Jesus has got perseverance for me. Whatever it is that you're facing, whatever need it is, Jesus has the answer for your needs. Okay, let's move on. Verse 12. Verse 12 says, And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. This says to me that Jesus frees me from my failures. Jesus frees me from my failures. If, if, he wants, if Jesus is asking me to pray to God to forgive myself for my sins, Uh, that's saying something about the state of my life and how I can improve it. And I think of it like KFC. It tastes great, but then very quickly it converts to a solid brick in my stomach. And when it's that brick in my stomach, it affects the whole outcome of my day. I don't want to go out. I just want to sit down. I'm lethargic, etc., etc. And sin is a bit like that. It feels great, but then we move on in life and we feel worse about ourselves. And just like the brick of KFC makes you just want to sit and do nothing, sin on our lives makes us sit and not want to pursue anything at all. We feel shame. We feel guilt. We don't want to take opportunities. We don't want to step out in life. And so praying this prayer is actually Jesus' way of saying, hey, I've destined you to live bigger than just to sit on the couch. I've destined you to live bigger than just just you spending time in your own world. I want you to get out there. And so I'm going to set you free from your sin and from your failures. And every day, if you pray this prayer, man, you're going to be reminded that Jesus has set me free from my failures. He set me free from my past. I can go out and live a brand new day. It's like waking up after a big sleep. It's like you feel so energized, you know? David prayed a prayer where he said, search my heart, oh God. That's the kind of prayer where we're going, you know what, whatever's in there, God, I love about that prayer that David said, search my heart. It was like, he, it was like he, he was like, there's probably stuff in there I don't know about. And that's why it's important to just pray, God, please forgive me. Whatever I've done, please forgive me. You might not even realize that there's something weighing you down, but praying that prayer simply will help you to live on that higher level. The last part of the verse says, don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil, evil one. And when I look at that, I just see that Jesus wants to help us with our challenges. And I think about traffic. If I ever do a journey, a leg of traffic from here to my house, for example, I've done that in seven minutes before. And that's like best case scenario. But now every time I think about, oh, I've got to go to church, I always think to myself, oh, it'll take me seven minutes. But there's always trains, there's always red lights. You know, we always, we always think the best thing's going to happen, but then we get caught up. And I think that's the same in life. So often when we have a dream, we assume that there's going to be no challenge. 
And then when there is a challenge, it's like, oh, what do I do about it? But Jesus is reminding us here, don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one, that the devil will try and bring you down if he can, but Jesus wants to rescue you. So let's choose every day to ask for God's help. Help. We know challenges are coming. We need help navigating them. And, uh, and so I believe that when we pray this prayer, we can find ourselves in a much, much better brain space. We get to choose that Jesus can dictate our brain space, not our circumstance, not the postie that's coming, not the pimple that's on my face, not the work meeting that I have, the rental inspection that I have coming up, the tax, uh, tax return that I forgot to do and now it's all halfway through November but actually Jesus is dictating the brain my brain space and so I'm believing for you guys this week that God is going to refresh your mind I'm believing that you'll see things that you've never seen before and just believing that in general in life you just flip and crush it hope you're excited to just flip and crush it to get out there and to do what God had always destined you to do to be a bit of salt and light on the earth, to move past the anxiety, to move past whatever you're feeling in, on the inside and move to a place where you can be God's gift to the earth.